0: Things, 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 podcast. Hey, Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host Dave and right now I'm doing something I have never ever done before. I'm recording a new intro for this week's episode because I really I didn't like the well it's not that I didn't like the old intro. It's it just didn't sit right with me at the time that I recorded it. Uh it rambled a whole lot which granted I I don't promise that's not going to happen now. And the energy just wasn't what I wanted it to be. There's there's been a lot going on, and I feel like I've been saying that for like a year now. Uh, But there's just been a lot of stuff going on, and not necessarily bad, but just a lot of stuff with work, a lot of stuff with the family. Just uh, there's been, uh, you know, there are good and bad things that happen in life. Everything takes up a portion of your energy, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, or something you're waiting for, or something you're doing, or something you've done. It all pulls at you in different directions and I think when I recorded this week's intro uh, I was just at kind of a low ebb. I, I, a lot had uh, A lot of stuff had sort of pulled the life out of me and then the work is definitely a big part of it. Uh, twice in the last two weeks I've ended up staying over an hour after work for one reason or another uh, and there actually are, believe it or not, a couple of good things going on there. Uh, but there, there's also the the standard grind. But anyway, whatever the case, when I recorded the original intro for this week's episode, uh, just my brain wasn't here. It was with all the other myriad uh, things that I've got going on, and I wanted to do a better job and give you a better intro, and also hit on a few things that are going on a little bit better than I did. So that's what I'm going to do right now. One hour, it is now exactly one hour before this thing supposed to, is uh, supposed to post because I, I pride myself on 11 a.m. every single Friday, you guys get a new episode of the Needless Things podcast. So let's get down to business because there's very little time to get this thing in the can. As they say. Uh, first I want to tell you that this week's episode is the Geek Year nineteen eighty nine panel that was recorded live at Dragon Con this year. It's awesome, it's excellent. We have a great cast of uh, speakers sharing their memories, and of course the great Dragon Con American Sci fi classics track audience participating in the panel. We had an awesome time. I really hope the thing that happened at the end of the panel That was a very special surprise that I had planned. Doesn't give us any kind of copyright issues as far as this episode being posted to YouTube. Not that we get a whole lot of audience from YouTube, but I like having it there as a possibility. Uh, Algorithms work against us, as we all know, but the fact that we have so many episodes available there, I think, I mean, it can't be a bad thing. It's got to be a good thing, Uh, but they, they are... More stringent about copyright stuff. Like, if they detect any portion of a thing, they'll yank it down, which is why I haven't been using any copyrighted music on the show for at least two years now, if not longer. So, uh, a special little treat at the end of the actual recorded portion of the episode that I think everybody will enjoy. uh, Visually, we've got some pictures of it that are up on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, there's video that I still have. It's not as much as I would have liked, but maybe I should have given everybody a little warning. Hey, get your phones out and record this fun little bit. Uh, but whatever the case, you'll enjoy it. We enjoyed it. And you, this as an episode, uh, it's great. So before we get to that, there are a couple things I want to discuss. One, we have new shows that are going to be part of Needless Things. And I guess I'm making that anointment. I am anointing these new shows right now. Uh, No, I'm making that announcement today, apparently. There are three shows that are definitely, absolutely happening. I cannot tell you, well, it's not that I can't tell you There is no regular schedule for these shows. Uh, I'm very excited about all three of them. They are all three very, very different things. Uh, One of them is... Well, they're all very special to me. Uh, One of them I'm excited about because it's something I've been wanting to do uh, for a while now, and I've been talking with one of the co-hosts for over a year about doing it and then we finally we recorded a lot of stuff and I don't know if it'll be one episode or three episodes or four episodes but we've got a lot of stuff recorded that'll be released uh over the next few months uh, a little bit at a time I don't know how often it'll come out but basically anytime we can we'll get together we'll record and we'll put it up and stay tuned for that that's all I'm going to say about it right now uh another one also very special to me is an idea that has been sort of bounced around since needless things podcast started and I couldn't quite figure out a format or a home. I was excited about the ideas uh, that this collaborator was presenting, but I I wasn't sure how to work them in. And now I I, honestly, I kind of just said, fuck it. I've got to do something with this person because i I love them too much i'm too interested in in the kind of stuff that they do and uh, this is what we're doing it's going to happen and next week you are going to get to hear the pilot episode of dumb shit and that's all i'm going to tell you stay tuned next week and then finally the last one i I don't know how much detail i want to get into but it has nothing to do with me. Uh, dumb shit. Not, nothing. Also, nothing to do with me. I'm not hosting, talking. Nothing. You won't hear my voice. This is a needless things production. But that's as far as it goes. Uh, and then finally, the the third podcast. Again, I don't know what the schedule is going to be on it. There's probably going to be a lot of, well, when they can get together involved. But again, this is not. It's not my show. It's a needless things show. But it's not my show. Uh, although I will absolutely want to be on it at some point because it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart Uh, but a a new show launching that a couple things here towards the end of the year it's very, very relevant uh, to It's it's a genre thing that you all enjoy that we all love that we've all lived with our whole entire lives and I'm very, very excited that we have uh some of our friends have come together and and are doing a show about it and that's what i'll say about that we'll have an official launch announcement once the first episode is recorded but that's three new things coming to needless things that are not the needless things podcast that are separately recorded uh unto their own episode titled things Uh, And then speaking of that, we have a new Needless Things minicast on the way because I've got a few things that I really wanted to get into the intro, but I need to talk about longer than this intro will allow. So sometime this weekend, I'll be recording a new Needless Things minicast that will be a perfect way to kick off next month, the spooky month, October uh, that we no longer refer to as 31 days of Halloween. Cause too many people use that freaking thing. Uh, even though we did for, for years, uh, it's just, everybody knows Halloween on needless things is a thing. And we're going to be spooky. Spookythings.com. I'm just kidding. Don't go to spookythings.com. Who knows what that'll be? Uh, so there you go. Lots of exciting stuff happening around needless things a different more focused introduction uh, such as it is and now it is time for our pals the mystery men who you can find by googling mystery men surf uh, and, and a song to take us into this wonderful episode of the needless things podcast which you can find each and every friday at needless where you can also find toy reviews movie reviews dragon con reviews all kinds of great stuff. Please share it around the internet. Tell your friends, like our stuff, share our stuff, leave comments on the podcast hosting areas, however that works. I should really do some research and learn more, but uh, you know, maybe someday. Until then, enjoy the Mystery Men. <laughs> Okay, so normally we sit up here and have a little bit of fun for a few minutes before we start the panel. No, 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 uh, no,
1: no, no. Must not have fun. <laughs> and,
0: uh, no fun? We don't want fun today?
1: No fun today.
0: Okay, that's good. I think All we can series. live up to that. <laughs> uh, so, we are here today to talk about 1989, but before we can talk about some of our favorite stuff from 1989, and some of your favorite stuff, I hope you guys are kind of loaded and ready to share some of your favorite memories of that year. Uh, we have to introduce ourselves, and we're waiting for, Ga- I think Gary went back to his hotel, hopefully he'll be back before the end of the day. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my name is Dave West, formerly known, well, occasionally still known as trouble Troublemaker. I run the Needless Things Podcast, needlessthingspodcast.com. Please check us out, because we do stuff like this, just not in front of people all the time. And uh, I am thrilled to be here at DragonCon.
2: Uh,
0: to my left is
3: hi. Uh, I'm Nicole. Um, I am remarkably hungover. You're <laughs> <good pleasure. laughs> gonna have to bear with me. Uh, went a little too hard on a Thursday, but uh, I am also um, part of the Needless Commentary team, so you can hear me uh, at Needless Things
0: each and every month.
3: Each and every month, um, except we do August. Oh yeah. There's
2: August too much dragon. Better. There's too much dragon. Yeah. Time. <laughs> um We do
3: some really awesome uh, movie commentaries, um, and you can sometimes hear me on my own podcast, uh, which is called Caught Dead Watching, um, where I talk about uh, the very best of the very worst movies. Um, me and my partner Nathan <laughs> Hamilton, but. We have been taking a break for a few months because we've had some... uh, Nathan had surgery, but we're getting ready to amp back up. So please check us out.
4: And I am Beth. I also write and cover conventions for com. I don't have as good a story as she does about anything else I do. That's just just it.
5: (laughs) Um, I'm John Carr. Um, I'm an improviser and a playwright. Um, We just... We're starting up uh, our Wrath of Con 2, which is basically Dragon Con the play uh, <laughs> next week, which is going to be super fun. And as of yesterday, uh, I'm the artistic director of Dad's Garage this is the Theater. So. Yeah.
0: And, and John,
5: tell these people. How much you love Dragon Con.
2: What did you have
0: to do to get here today?
2: <laughs>
5: I am on, I am at work, so I'm on my lunch break. So I'm gonna have nice. to I, I work full time at the Alliance Theater, so I might have to plug it to justify him being here. I'll give it up for
2: John, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Rebecca Wood, and I'm an occasional guest of Dave's, and I think I'm here because I was alive in 1989, and I like to talk.
2: So,
6: hello. Uh, my name is Gary Mitchell, along with Joe Crow in their back. I am the co-director of this track, so I have privileges.
2: Uh,
6: and I was also alive in 1989, so I, I I was nine. I was all of 18, turning 19. So I have vivid memories of that year. In,
0: in 1989, Gary, I think you were more alive than the rest of us were. So congratulations <laughs> for yeah, that. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I will like carry the spirit of you. 1989 in my heart. So what we're going to do is just kind of go through the group and discuss some of our favorite and not so favorite things from that year. Uh, we'll, we'll take a little break about two-thirds of the way through and come out there to you guys in the audience and find out what you like from 1989. But I'm going to go ahead and kick this thing off because uh, I'm the host and I'll do what I want. <laughs> uh, but seriously, in 1989, one of the most incredible, trend-setting, unique albums in the history of music was released. And that is De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. Uh, It set a new standard for hip-hop. It introduced the concept of skits to a, a wide audience. If you go back and listen to that album, it's not just catchy songs, which it is a lot of catchy songs. Pretty much everything on there is memorable and amazing. But it also tells a story... Uh, through the use of of sort of comedic elements that are inserted in between those songs. And I didn't discover it in 1989, full disclosure, but it was right around that time where my taste in music was really opening up beyond Weird Al and heavy metal. And I was discovering (laughs) lots of other stuff was out there. And it, it, it just opened my eyes to this whole new world of music that was, you know, I obviously as a kid I listened to Run DMC and that was one kind of thing but this this was a different level and for somebody who was 13 years old and whose mind was expanding uh, it, it couldn't have hit at a more perfect time. You know, when you're a teenager that's that's when that stuff gets you that sticks with you for the rest of your life because your mind is really starting to sort of harden up and form and uh, that was one that just changed everything for me. Uh, do, do you guys uh were you into Dela Soul at all? Do you remember the album coming out? Was it a significant thing for you?
3: Um, I was into them, but not like I don't remember the album coming out or anything like that. I discovered him through MTV. Well, and that's you know?
0: that's the important thing is that yeah. those guys got on MTV. Me, myself, and I <laughs> was huge. I and mean, that's where I and, and you know. you were gonna see. I mean, whether it was the MTV raps or just one of the. Uh, Regular rotation usually later at night. You know, that they, they weren't quite getting into the prime time of Madonna, <laughs> but you were going to catch that video, and man, that song is so damn
3: catchy. Yeah.
5: yeah. I think if I, I I remember it kind of only because at that time my parents were like super Christian so it's like no secular music at all yeah. except I, all I listened to was Amy Grant so for that for the 80s maybe, yeah exactly and that is that is why I am the man I am today uh, <laughs> but uh it was it was one of those things where like even the fact that I wasn't allowed to just being a person in, like, the world hearing that song, there's no way to escape that song. There's no way to escape yeah. them because they became such a big thing, and it's, it was such a significant thing at the time, like you said, just because we hadn't had something like that on the mainstream, so, you yeah.
0: Well, and everybody talks about Paul's Boutique, which, don't get me wrong, is a phenomenal album, but the sampling on Preview High and Rising. So no, I shouldn't be about <laughs> another, Scratch that. It's another huge thing. What did you
4: What? I was just scratching Paul's Boutique off my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was going to say about Paul's Boutique. That's it. I was done. Um, but, but yeah, that, if, if you've never listened to that album, regardless of what your taste in music is, you know, throw it on Spotify or, or wherever the legal rights allow it to be at this point, and uh, check <laughs> it out. It, it's danceable, it's listenable, you put it on, you're going to listen to the whole thing from beginning to end, because like I said, it tells a story, it's a very
6: unique piece of art. Uh, anybody else, got anything else about Three Feet High and Rising? Uh, I was a metalhead at the time, so for me it was like, what the heck is this? But it still hooked me. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I, it took me a long time to warm up to rap and and to like, you know, to, to, to put it in white voice speak to get it. <laughs> but that was one of the ones that helped do it. That was one of those like, oh, wait a minute, I think I'm figuring out what's going on here. And I mean, like it was, you said, because it was on MTV, and yes. that's how I found music.
3: That Yeah, it used to be how we all found music. Yeah. Think, you
2: know,
3: anybody that's over a certain age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: Uh, all right, Nicole, what is your first
3: 1989 My first thing is uh, Tales from the Crypt, season one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually, as I was preparing for this panel over the last um, I don't know, month or so, um, I've been going through, you know, I made like a big list. and trying to decide what I was going to do and this and that. And last weekend... I decided to reorganize and uh, alphabetize my movie collection. Which was a nightmare, by the (laughs) way, don't ever do that. Um, But as I was putting the teas onto the shelf, I like, I grabbed Tales from the Crypt, season one, and I'm like, wait a minute, what year was this? And flipped it over and I was like,
2: yes! (laughs) So,
3: I was really excited. Um, it was, um, Tales from the Crypt was incredible. It, you know, it was comic book come to life. Um, even more so, I think, than, like, you know, your comic movies, because Tales from the Crypt, like, the show really felt like almost frames of a comic, you know? And it, it, it followed that same kind of weird, uh, campy structure, and every story was about somebody getting their just desserts. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, and I think season one, it, to me, is my favorite. Um, it has the Santa Claus one, yes. where uh, you know Santa um, comes. Like, well, this woman goes and kills her husband, and because she's going to like run away with her lover and take her husband's money. Very, then, very
0: common plot thread in the. the yes. yes.
3: <laughs> um, so, Tales
0: from the Crypt, for that matter. Yeah, a lot of spousal murder. Oh gosh, yeah,
3: half of, half of season one is actually about sp- spouse murder. Um, <laughs> That's about got snapped, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, she all of a sudden like, turns on the TV, and they're like, "Oh, escaped mental patient dressed in the Santa suit." And Of course, he's there. And like, the whole time, I'm like, why doesn't she just blame Santa for killing her husband and like call the police? And she finally figures that out at the end, but it's, like, too late. Um, you're panicking.
0: You, you, you're, not, you're not able to think clearly.
3: Yeah, well, I she, understand. she like, calls the cops, and then she looks outside and sees her husband's body, and she's like, oh, just kidding, click. And I'm like, no, listen, you're <laughs> out. <laughs> like, you're fine. Um, you know, and then there's the uh, the one with Joe Pantaleone. Pantaleone? Joint Pantale- hands. Yeah, that guy. <laughs>
2: um,
3: and, uh... I always refer to it as the man who cheated death because um, this really cool band that I know has a song called that, that it's (laughs) (laughs) the Caskey Creatures, check them out, Um, but it's actually called Dig That Cat, he's real gone, about the guy that uh, he gets a transplant from like the gland of a cat, and so all of a sudden he's got nine lives, and it's going through his whole, like, he's remembering all of his lives. Um, while he's been buried alive. And this is supposed to be like his last big one. He's going to make all this money. And then at the very end, he realizes that he miscounted because the cat that he got the gland from had to die to give it to him. So he only actually had eight lives. And so he's like, no, let me out. I I don't have nine lives. I don't have nine lives. It's, it's awesome. So, uh, does anybody else, like, remember or have any good memories of I love the Caribbean? I love
6: that every episode for the longest time had the best twists. Yeah. Like that.
3: It was always about getting your comeuppance. You know, there's the one um, with Leah Thompson where she sells her beauty uh, to a pawnbroker and he's like, yeah, you got four months to get this back. Um, and uh, so she, like, uses the money that she gets from selling her beauty to work her way into, like, this rich guy, because she's a prostitute. She works her way in with this rich dude, and she's, like, being taken care of and being flown all over the world, and she's, like, a trophy wife. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, she wakes up one morning, and there's, like, all these wrinkles around her eyes. She's like, what's going on? She goes back to the pawnbroker, and he's like, yeah, um, four months was yesterday. Sorry. Um, And, you know, so she is a gold digger, and she gets her comeuppance. Um, it's it's pretty awesome. Um,
0: I just remember HBO have Carrying Tales from the Crypt, and we had... I've talked about this probably in this very room before, but do you guys remember the old school cable boxes that oh, had yeah. wood grain on the yeah. side yeah. and the switches yes. that you had to do? And, like, there was a glitch where if you took a toothpick and pushed the switch down, like, halfway... And then, kind of stuck it in the back. You could get the channel. I don't know
5: why that. I don't know how how anything
2: works. I
0: don't know how this works, but it worked. And uh, so, I had to sneak and watch Tales from the Crypt. I wasn't in. I don't think quite as restrictive a household as as John was. Yeah.
5: But my parents. They were not into me watching Tales from the Crypt. It's actually amazing how many things you could get illegally with tooth pu- toothpicks and t- duct tape in the 80s. It's a lot
3: easier to scan things. You know I bet you
0: could hack into a cell phone with a toothpick right <laughs> now, <laughs>
6: Because they probably just haven't thought about it. I, mean, could like, I, I could not. I'm sitting up here with a I mean, I could not. The big thing I remember is it was got a huge push because it was one of HBO's first original programming things. Mm-hmm So they were pushing it hard. They dumped a ton of money into it to get the celebrities they got. Everybody made a big deal about Danny Elfman doing the theme song because he was on fire. Oh, yeah, they would have huge
3: celebrity, um, you know, and celebrities directing and stuff. I know, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger directed that That's one one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, and fun fact, and I didn't know this until um, I I Googled it, uh, but the Crypt Keeper has Chucky's Eyeballs. Really? Yeah, the original uh, Chucky from Child's Play. They took him apart and they used his eyeballs for
6: the creature. I'll so. never be able to not see that. Yeah,
3: so yeah, if you go look at it, he's got he's That's got like his very blue eyes. Um. Yeah.
6: All right, Beth.
4: What you got? You, you can put Paul's boutique back on. It's okay. But but first, I want to talk about the first best thing of 1989. Patrick Swayze yeah yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah yeah because Next of Kin and Roadhouse both came out in 1989.
0: We've, by the way, we have done needless commentaries yes. for both of those movies. If you go to needlessthingspodcast.com, you can check them out. You want to hear
3: our glorious voices talk about There's some how of our best ones, I think.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, Next of Kin, particularly interesting because of the weird <coughs> casting of Patrick Swayze being the city guy and Liam Neeson. Is the country guy?
0: It's a Breyer wild movie. Settle <laughs> <laughs> <Some> down, Briar. <Breyer.
4: laughs> makes no sense, but that was, of course, back before Liam Neeson became the bearded mentor who dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Roadhouse, anything with Sam Elliott's going to be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Sam Elliott's hair. Oh.
0: That yeah. glorious hair, that when he goes and ties it, oh my yeah. gosh, you just like, run your hands through it. Know. That man is salt and pepper magic.
2: <laughs> yes. He is. The most timeless quote for from it
5: ain't no hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's true, it it's it delicious. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, so I knew between the two of us there'd be some wrestling thing. So I'm like, I'm going to try to do something that I think you wouldn't do wrestling-related. But, um, so there's, so there's, there's weird phenomenon that I found with people that have watched wrestling when they were a kid. Everybody remembers Hulk Hogan, and everyone remembers Stone Cold Steve Austin, but no one ever remembers what was in between there. And so it was a really weird thing of, like, why is there just, like, this blank memory in all of our childhood? <laughs> uh, and so uh, it was funny because I went and looked at it. And so in 1989 was uh, the, the first year they did the Royal Rumble oh. um, for Russell, for yeah, uh, the WWE or WWF at the time did it. And it was interesting. The reason for it and why it was interesting was because it was the time in which Hulk Hogan was starting to decline and normally up to that point in the 80s if you just put Hulk Hogan in your show, everybody comes. You're done advertising, right? Um, and so for the first time they start seeing numbers go down even with Hulk Hogan and so they were starting to start that scramble of how do we find the next big thing and so one of the things that they wanted to mix it up with was the idea of the Royal Rumble which is a thing that you know happens forever, but it was also kind of interesting because um, I was somebody was uh, talking in I was reading a book about it, and it's interesting if you look at who the major, the big wrestling icons were, in some way they represented the decade that they were in, or the um, situation that America was in. So if you think about, like, Hulk Hogan was all about (laughs) muscles, excess, power, he was the 80s. When essentially, <laughs> and which was all about you know how big can your car get, how big can your house get, that <laughs> sort of. How big can your hair get? How big can your hair <laughs> get? How exactly, big can your python. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly, and so that's what he was all about, and you represented, which why he connected so well. But it was interesting because at the toward the end of the eighties, is when we start seeing a um, economic downturn, and so the thing that made Stone Cold so iconic was he was the wrestler that went to his boss and kicked him in the stomach and stone-cold stunned him, right? And it was that thing of, at that time and period, because of the economic... Everyone felt trapped in their job and no one felt like there was any move, maneuverability. And so as a result... He, the most of Americans were stuck in jobs that they hated, and they couldn't quit because they didn't feel like there was another chance to, and so the the dream and the idea, like Stone Cold his whole thing was, how often every show, I'm going to kick a big man in the stomach, and Stone Cold stunner him, and that's what people tuned into, it was the fantasy of beating up your boss, that's that's what he was all around, and so it was really interesting to me to look at that and seeing like that 1989 point is that point where the uh, the America started changing, and as a result, a wrestling started changing, and you could see that in the reflection. So I just thought that was a cool, a cool little fact. And I,
0: if I remember correctly, that was we're no Noel, no. Noel, uh, I'm going to have to refer to you on this one. That was like the New Generation era, is that right? There's Yeah, early? it was right before the New Generation. It was right before that. Yeah. So yeah, there really. 93 to 93. So there really was just like a. Dead period, it was a, yeah, for a few years where they had nothing they had going nothing. on. That's interesting. Yeah,
5: Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the Wrestle uh, Royal Rumble two years and for the first two ones, and like no one remembers him. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. All right,
6: great. Okay, in this room, yes, in this room. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, didn't
5: uh, No Holds Bar come out in
0: '89? That's probably uh, what killed almost killed the business. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, I don't think that's going to be on anybody's
0: favorite list. <laughs> no, <laughs> no <don't> find out.
3: <laughs> also available. Uh, Just Yeah, yeah, we did a commentary on
0: No yeah. Holds Barred as well. That so. one was
2: fun.
3: <laughs> Yikes!
0: All right, cool. Uh, Rebecca, what do you Hi. got for us? We're
3: we're gonna
1: play Guess My Favorite Thing from '89. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. I brought I brought AV. Let's see if it works. All right, here we go. My favoriteest thing from 1989. This is high tech. Oh yeah. She's fancy.
0: You have to stick a toothpick in that? (laughs) (laughs)
6: That's what she said. (laughs) No, I don't think it is. (laughs) No, she's never said
1: that.
6: I don't know
3: who you're hanging out with.
6: Hopefully you Mm can hear it. I can't answer because I get jeans here. Oh, somebody called it. Say again? The abyss.
1: Yes. Yes, the abyss. The abyss. So had to bring this up for several reasons. I found out. Stop, there we go. <laughs> I found out a lot of really interesting little tidbits about it. Aside from it being one of my favorite movies of all time, everyone have a movie whether they're watching TV. If it's on, you're gonna watch it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of those films for me. Um, it was extremely high tech for 1989. Everybody remembers the lovely water snake arm, yes. which apparently they filmed using um, like a heating pipe and then superimposed the the water snake on top of it. Um, but it was. Come, coming off of what you were saying um, kind of riding on the coattails of the Cold War era with you know the Russian bomb and all the scariness going on but then they threw aliens in it and I was just like, <laughs> oh, this is amazing but a couple other things that I brought up for you guys in case you don't know because you might not um, it was actually a box office flop um, which is like pff, it's a James Cameron film it's his only box office flop according to Oh, website. Um, (laughs) Oh, website. But I I mean, I can't consider it that. But as far as money goes, it was considered a flop for James Cameron. Uh, Other things is that the uh, actors on the set were treated really, really poorly. And they they called the thing, they called it like the abuse. (laughs) And um, life's abyss and then you die. (laughs) Um, Ed Harris, specifically... Was almost drowned during filming, and he actually punched James Cameron in the face. <laughs> Only time James Cameron's been punched in the face is by Ed Harris. I mean, apparently he just kept filming. He was like, oh, "I need air because I filmed a lot of it underwater." And uh, oh,
6: the, the liquid breathing thing. No, no, no. no. They
1: most of it. Most of the filming was done in a in a um, decommissioned nuclear power plant. It was seven million gallons of water. One of the biggest underwater sets ever made. So cool. Look it up. There's some cool, like uh, Google. There was like a Google Earth shot of it, but it's it's been decommissioned totally since then. But there are some, still some pictures on the internet of this. They built the whole rig in this giant. It was a nuclear reactor essentially that was never put into put into practice. But um, but the breathing apparatus, water stuff, that actually was a real thing. It was created at Duke University. It did work. Ed Harris did not breathe it. However, <laughs> the rat did. <laughs> the rat's name, hold on, I have to write it down. The rat's name was Beanie, remember Hippie's rat was, was his, his baby, and they put him in the little container, and he was like, you're killing her. No, the rat breathed the liquid, the rat lived, the rat died of natural causes several years later. Uh-huh. So cool, especially for me, I work with, with mice and rats. So uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, but the movie itself was just incredible. Oh, another great tidbit, one of the first uses of Adobe Photoshop to create that movie it was not uh, was not available to um, commercial use yet so very cool stuff from 1989 ah! uh, and I just I just absolutely love the film it, it makes me happy it makes me angry I love um, Mary Mastrantonio she's just she's one of those she's, she's like Gene Davis she's got the face that's just everybody loves her uh, and the whole cast is amazing and I have to watch it if it's on I'm watching it
0: it? We actually went to see The Abyss. Uh, a group of us went to see it for my birthday that year because it came out May sixth, I think it was. Ah. And uh, I don't love The Abyss like you love The Abyss, <laughs> but basically anything James Cameron does, you have to respect because that guy innovates. He makes he makes movies. In order to invent new technology yes, to yes. make movies, They're just and so that's cool. like the coolest thing ever. So he can make whatever he wants. I don't even care as long as he keeps making movies better.
1: I mean, it was ahead of its time for yeah. for an '89 oh, yeah. film. Um, I believe what I recall is that it was a seventy million dollar budget, and it brought in like fifty six million in the box office. So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it was pain. a little
6: bit of a hard sell. I, I think yeah. it was hard to tell really what Absolutely. it was going into it. It was also um. kind of butchered in the editing. I like I, pr- I like the director's cut yes. version, which puts some of the plot back in.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think that's
6: part of why it didn't do well. It was
1: very abrupt. The whole alien thing was kind of abrupt. You know, yeah. I th- it, it would have to have been another hour longer. Okay. Well, the director's cut was, what, was
6: better than the, Yeah, it's almost three hours. Three hours. Yeah. So, so if it was made today, it'd come out, you know, they'd do it.
1: Oh, it'd just be regular. Yeah, that'd be normal. <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right, Gary, you want to wrap up round one? I do, uh, and I just want to say thank you for taking Nace to Ken off my list. <laughs> uh, so we've done music, we've done movies, So I'm going, and we've done wrestling. Uh, so I'm going to go into comic books. And 1989 is the year Gotham by Gaslight came out. Yes! Oh, yeah. nice. Yes! Yeah. That is the book that launched the Elseworlds line. Uh, and DC started doing the the what used to be just the imaginary stories, and the idea of doing Batman in Victorian Gotham against Jack the Ripper. It's the art's incredible. The story's tight. I love the design they did. I love, and I'm glad we finally have an action figure of <laughs> uh, because with that Victorian half cape, Batman looks even more badass. <laughs> Um, and it really did, like I said, it launched off all the different Elseworlds we got since then.
0: Um, yeah, it wasn't even originally, it didn't have the Elseworlds imprint on it at first. It was just kind of this thing that they did.
6: Yeah. And I just love the little little hints of the world building, like here's Dick Grayson's going to be over here. Here's this guy who poisoned his face with strychnine. And it's like, oh, there's the Joker. I mean, it's it's one of those comics that when it came out, like you said, there was a lot of what is this, and then this is good, I want more, and they gave us more, and unfortunately it wasn't as good. Uh, that, uh, whoa, Master whoa, of the whoa, future? whoa, buddy.
2: <laughs> there
6: you worlds. No, no, I'm saying the, sequ- the direct sequel to Gotham by Gaslight, Master of the Future, that is good. See, I always thought the Houdini one, was, that yes, one was, was intended to be a
0: sequel, and it's not, apparently, no. which I only found out in the last few years. But I always took that as the sequel. I didn't even know about what it what is it?
6: It's Master of the Future. Master
0: of the Future. I didn't even
6: know about that one until a few years ago when I was kinda looking probably for a yeah. podcast, looking something up. Yeah, but there have been some great Elseworlds a of spin off of it. Speeding Bullets, the one where he becomes Green Lantern, it was good. I mean just it's it like I said, it, it really put a new thing in the comics whereas like DC started to get experimental because because they could. It's an else world. Who cares? They range
0: from fascinating to terrible. Yeah. (laughs) But they're all like, the concepts are all very interesting things. Like, what if Bruce Wayne uh, got uh, the Green Lantern ring? What if Superman was? I mean, everybody knows Red Sun, right? Yes, yes. I mean that's, that's that came out of that. But yeah, Gotham by Gaslight's the the original, and that that Mike Mignola artwork <laughs> mm-hmm. is just unparalleled. I mean, and, and to, if you're a fan of Hellboy at all, and you haven't read Gotham by Gaslight, go check it out because it's it looks like Batman playing in a Hellboy world because it's all Manola. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so. That was our first round, and now I need to mention that everybody should please give generously to DragonCon's 2019 charity, the American Heart Association. You can give...
2: buddy. <laughs> <What the heck? laughs>
0: No, toothpicks.
4: Gary,
6: where can they, where can they, where can they donate? Oh, we have every truck room and uh, it should have charity buckets. The information desk usually has... Do products. we have a charity bucket? Uh, Joe, did you pick up Oh a my gosh, bag? is charity that the charity? Oh <laughs> my <laughs> We're doing really well. You
3: know we had to just give, like,
6: human the DragonCon will match a dollar for dollar up to a hundred thousand dollars, so let's make Dragon Con kick out a hundred K. Yeah, absolutely. You know they've got it.
2: <laughs> Look at this. How
0: many hotels are we in now? Like nine? It's yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Somebody's staying in a, a the indigo now. Mm. Next year nice next year hotel. we'll be doing this from the indigo. <laughs>
2: it's
4: it is a nice hotel, you shut your
2: mouth <laughs> <Indigo>. <laughs> oh, You're making gosh.
3: it sound dirty. Well, that's what color my crayon is. The it's indigo is out
0: free <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Alright, we're gonna we're gonna start round oh, no, two. It's well, time for so round
1: exciting. two. Are we, are we just starting back over there? Or are we working
0: our way back? I've, over I've actually listed your names in a in a different order so we're not just going straight back down. Cause it'd be weird to let Gary go twice. <laughs> in a row.
6: Yeah, row. I, I I need a few minutes Nobody needs that much Gary all at once. Well, I, Gary's. I no, no no Hey come no. On. <laughs>
0: Gary is a lot of exuberance and and enthusiasm and love, and we just can't dole all that out right in the middle of the panel. We've got to save some for the end,
6: right? Yeah! yeah. 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 I'd to that. save some for the end.
0: All right, Gary, settle down. <laughs> See? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so, Beth, we're going to bring it back over to Beth. What is the second thing uh, from 1989 that you wanted to talk about today?
4: So this is really tough for me because I did this podcast with Dave a few months ago, and I got to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and UHF, and all of my favorite things off my chest from 1989, so I had to pull all new things out. Because I know each and every one of you is going to go listen to that episode, you don't
2: want to double up, you don't want to hear about the and we're also doing panels on them, it's crazy.
4: Well, and we are also doing panels on them, so I didn't want to do all my talking too early. So I had to find all new things and that also means I don't get to talk about disintegration, (laughs) except I just snuck it in. (laughs) Ah. Well done.
2: Um,
4: So my next favorite thing that I'm allowed to talk about is a little show called Red Dwarf that I discovered in the year 1989. I know it was not new. It actually was three seasons old in 1989 when I discovered it, but that's the year I found it. Uh, My parents used to watch a lot of TV from the UK, we watch a lot of Doctor Who, we watch Monty Python, and they introduced me to Red Dwarf, which I never knew any single person ever who knew what that show was until I came to Dragon Con. (laughs) (laughs) So good job, fam. Um, If you have not seen the show, it's
5: hilarious. It's amazing.
4: Please watch it. It's the story of the last man alive traveling three million years from Earth with his, a hologram of his dead crewmate and a creature who evolved from the ship's cat and the cat is so funny mm-hmm. but just in general the show's hysterical even though it doesn't sound like maybe the story of The Last Man Alive Stranded in Space would be really funny but it is so please check it out, they're even making episodes still today
5: mm-hmm. I discovered it in 2011 and like even the original episodes still hold up Like oh, they're yeah. just hold up as like super funny so highly recommend that show
0: yeah it's funny how much of the BBC stuff from from decades ago, you know, you may be able to look at it and see its age. Right. But as far as the writing uh, and the pacing and and what they're, you see what they're going for. That stuff all is very ahead of its time, very smart, very well done. Yeah, absolutely.
4: My favorite quote that I actually still use on people is, "Look, I think everyone has something to bring to this conversation, but from now on, what you should bring is silence." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Rebecca, you are next on the random jump around list
1: Excellent, it uh, works out really nicely because I'm about I'm <laughs> about to play off with Gary um, so the, just listen just do the listening because
2: it's awesome That's on my list Do that
1: Everybody knows it's is a bad dance, right? Right. Yeah.
0: It's only seven minutes. Yeah, no, be- <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: actually so no, it,
1: it is seven quality.
2: Minutes.
1: This is something that actually I was
2: introduced
1: to in more recently than Okay, here we go. There we go. My phone does not like to respond to me. Um, from my wonderful husband, because he's a big prince fan. Uh, but he I mean it just prince in general that's probably the best worst thing that he's ever done um <laughs> but prince is i think he said it best not prince my husband who's sitting right there i'm pointing him out uh there's certain bands and certain artists that even if you don't like their music you at least have to appreciate them and be like nobody says i hate the beatles Nobody says, I hate Prince. Well, if you do, then I don't ever want to talk to you. Uh, but Sweet. that's don't,
4: terrible. Don't talk to my husband about the Beatles then.
1: <laughs> no, no, not gonna. We're just gonna pretend that doesn't exist right there. But it's, it, it's just, I mean, Prince. I, I just love him. And the Bad Hands, of course, from Batman, which did, which was released in 1989. I'm not gonna talk about that because somebody it's else. It's a panel told tomorrow. You. Uh, yes. I'm, not, I'm not gonna talk about it. It's all good. But that was the video itself scared me um, when I was a child, so I don't think I watched it or knew like recognized its existence. You know, when something bad happens to you as a kid, you kind of just block it out of your memory. And so I heard it again as an adult, and I'm just like, I've never heard this before. And (coughs) Noel, my husband, is like, Really? (laughs) Really? <laughs> and then, of course, all the memories came back when I saw the video. I was just like, oh, yeah, Prince is terrifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the video. That's why we don't like it anymore.
1: So. Well,
0: it is creepy. He's that Gemini character mm-hmm. uh, that's the half Batman, half Joker yeah. uh, makeup done. And it, it is. It's intense and weird looking. And you've got all the sort of faceless dancers yes. running around this dark, weird set. And none of it, like, clearly there's Batman imagery. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't seem to have anything to do with Batman. Right, like, it's just right, right. really bizarre.
1: Well, I didn't have any context for it, because I was pretty young in 89. I'm not going to say how young. Yeah. <laughs> but I was pretty young, and Batman was not a film that my family would let me watch. Everybody else, is kind of a theme going on here, right? So, um, But I had no context for it, so all it was was scariness and weird, crazy face paint and things like that. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, even at 13, you know, being a fan of Prince and knowing the movie it was or being away because i saw the video before i saw the movie obviously but like it was still like what what is happening why is (laughs) what i I didn't even now i get those feelings I understand what you're saying about kind of burying that memory of that a little bit because as much as i love everything about batman 1989 now that video still is kind of like this is so weird (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: and Last statement, Michael Keaton. Keaton is the best Batman fight. <laughs> no, you're not. No. You're not. All right. All right, Gary. Oh, okay.
6: All right, so it's hard. I've got a full, like, everybody here. I got, it, it's really, it's like picking a baby. But I'm going to go with a movie that I love. It is one of the funniest yet bleakest movies, War of the Roses.
2: Oh, oh yeah! Yes. I haven't thought yes. of that in a long time. <laughs> it, it is movie.
6: one of the blackest comedies yes. I have ever seen. I love how the I love the framing device with Danny DeVito. I love how vicious the two of them get because the, that's what makes it so dark for me. Is that I can see every single thing that they do happening because people will get petty
3: <laughs> Yeah.
6: Yeah, okay. Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas yeah. and, and just,
1: Turner. She's
6: I mean, She's evil. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they started with uh, Romancing the Stone, the three of them <laughs> became friends, they made the sequel, then they made this, and I remember just watching this when it came out, and just being like,
2: <laughs> Can you do this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was unusual to see people being that horrible to each other yes. in what was ostensibly a comedy film, uh, with yeah. Danny DeVito playing basically a straight role.
6: Yeah. Well,
1: when did Misery come out?
6: Uh, mm-hmm. Earlier. Yeah. Earlier than that? The book okay. was earlier, because I read the book in high school. Okay.
1: That's a genius. The movie what
6: might have been later. Yeah, 20, I, I, I think, think the movie was in, was in the 1990s. 90s. Yeah, okay. 90s. okay. Yeah. okay. 90s. Yeah. Cool. I remember reading the book on the on the bus. (laughs) But misery was not a comedy. No, no. I I mean, depending on who you are. are (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's just one of those. And it's a movie I love, but I don't watch it that often because it is kind of hard to watch sometimes. But if I'm in the right mood, it makes me laugh. And then there are times if I'm not in the right mood, I'm like, you cry. Ooh,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's accurate. You know, like it can hit you depending on where you're at in your life. It may be the funniest thing ever, but if you're if you're a little off, if your brain's not in the best place, if in the you world, had a breakup, it could yeah. crush you. Absolutely. Yeah,
6: it's a whole different experience watching that movie after an ugly breakup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I recommend guess you're like, it. well, at least, <laughs> <laughs> at least I didn't. At least I didn't turn the dog into pate. It can, it
3: can also make you feel better because you know you go through a nasty divorce and you're like, well. I guess it could have been
6: worse. <laughs> and I think yeah. my absolute favorite moment of the whole movie, though, is at the end when they die. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
6: know, they both fall. For Gary, I, I, hope I
2: hope haven't I seen. I haven't
4: seen it. So good
6: job. job. <laughs> it's, been, it's been 30 years. Yeah. That's yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he uh, Michael Douglas obviously still wants to reconcile and be back to his wife, and he reaches out. They're laying there dying. He reaches out and touches, You know, <laughs> put his hand on her. And she just grabs his hand and throws it off. <laughs> like, don't touch me!
2: <laughs>
0: you think you're getting a final sweet moment of reconciliation. No. And it's and that's the biggest laugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry if I brought the room down. But, yeah. no, oh, yeah.
2: awesome. Good job, Gary. Well, Thank that's you.
0: okay because now it's on John to bring us all back up.
5: Oh, great. Uh, no, no pressure. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, so, uh, I think for me... Okay, so, it was interesting when I was thinking about, like, what my what I remember <clears throat> distinctly from that time period and one of the things that I always remember are um AOL discs you remember when you get those free trial discs yeah. yeah so it was like that was one of my strongest memory from that time and it and it turns out as an interesting fact um 1989 was the first year that um that companies provided the internet to the general public. Mm-hmm. That you finally, for the first time, we had that monthly, you could pay a <laughs> monthly, f- or no, it was like an hourly f- fee mm-hmm. yeah. to get an onto hourly. the internet. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, kids don't remember that and back in our day. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got, you, can, you had to, <laughs> I had to save up money to, like, be able to buy one hour so I could just, like, watch it. And I just, and there's, there's so much about, like, what the inner, like, the promise of the internet, like, now is kind of a casual thing that we all kind of accept and understand, but, like, it was that time period. I remember when that, the noise would happen, when it would be like, yeah. Yeah. like, when that happened, like, it was just, like, excitement. Like, I, I could get access to the entire world, mostly porn, but the entire world <laughs> was at my fingertips. Um, and so
1: you were get excited, I would just be praying it would connect. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, hang up the
6: phone.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
6: oh all right, let's oh try this my summer. gosh, that's let's right. Try this yeah,
5: yeah. I totally forgot
6: about the signal,
2: literally.
6: Yeah. Oh, we had yeah, call waiting. waiting, and I'd be online, and somebody would call, and it would knock me offline. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For
3: me, it was going to the neighbors'
1: houses and. Borrowing their discs because yeah. you could get a hundred free minutes. So right.
5: You were stealing
3: the yeah. discs removed, that's, like, that's get what get I, for free that's Yeah, that's that's what I learned. That's too expensive. Yeah,
5: you learn free trials. That's exactly. like I've carried that for the rest of my life. Sign yeah. up for something for fourteen
6: days, immediately cancel. Exactly. I'm I made a three hundred and fifty dollar bill
3: once. Oh wow. A lot that's a lot of porn. That's a lot of porn.
5: Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, it what is... It just said mini. And, <laughs> and that's
0: like $350 in 1989
5: money. <laughs> yeah. So that's, like, $1,500. So like $1. $1. yeah. so I'm thinking about what a $350 <laughs> spanking right. looks like. Yeah. Oh, I, so that's, that's, that's Wait, what?
6: Thankfully, what. Thankfully, at that point, I was, I was making my own money, so okay. I spanked myself. <laughs> okay. That well, that, that's, that's
2: how you
3: inferred a
2: $350, <laughs> $350 yeah. bill. Yeah. that's what you're going to That's what <laughs>
0: it probably took three
5: hundred and fifty dollars for one image to slowly. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I remember that. You got one hour. I got three images. Let's make them good. Let's make yeah. them good. <laughs> we, made,
0: we made it to the nipple.
2: Before
5: oh, Still sorry. worth it.
0: All right, all right. We gotta. Why did when the nipple happen? <laughs> That's not what we do here in the classic track <laughs> <laughs> at one PM. We were
6: going doing so well I with know, the PG
0: and then it just sounds I'm not on my I'm not on my game. <laughs> this will be referred to for years as Nipplegate. <laughs> it won't.
2: <laughs> won't.
0: Alright. Uh, Nicole.
3: Okay, so um, in case you guys didn't notice or catch on, like horror is my thing. Um, it's kind of my shtick. Uh, and I got a stand brand. So, my second 1989 thing is the movie Pet Cemetery. Oh wow. yeah. yeah. Stephen King is like a huge huge part of my life. I discovered Stephen King at age 10-ish. Um and uh, with Salem's Lot, the movie and I, my parents were like, oh, the book blah 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 blah, and I was like, oh, there's a book of this movie because I apparently am the only one that had permissive parents on this oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. okay. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, uh, my, my
3: parents was, were like, I don't care whatever my
0: <laughs> granny was the one smuggling Stephen King books <laughs> to <Stephen King. laughs> <laughs> the same age Go
3: my, my dad was a huge Stephen King fan still is a huge Stephen King fan um, and so I saw Salem's Lot found out it was a book, read the book and I remember my mom saying to me, okay you can read Salem's Lot, but do not, under any circumstances, read Pet Cemetery. It's way too scary for a kid. So immediately, <laughs> because I don't know if you guys know this, but there's no age restrictions in a library. You don't walk in there and get. Anything. I'm ten years old, and I'm like, I have here's my library card, and I would like Pet Cemetery. Um, and so, uh, loved the book, and so obviously, you know, the movie had to see that, and it is. <coughs> Probably my favorite um, King adaptation to this day. Stop making
2: that face. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: I, I, agree with, I agree with your face, sir. <laughs> you, know, you know I do. I know, I know.
3: I love <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Um I think it is a fantastic movie. I think it's a really good um, adaptation. Um, I think that it is pretty darn heartbreaking. Like the whole the whole story is oh, yeah. what's heartbreaking
0: is Denise Crosby's acting.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say yeah.
3: that my my least favorite part of it is is I mean, she's awful. Like she is wooden. <laughs> she's terrible. But um, everybody else in that is fantastic. I mean even like the kid that plays Gage, yeah, he he's is. he's he's so good for being such a young I mean he's like three years old. Um, but he is incredible, and if you watch any sort of like um, making of uh, things about it, like um, they really just like had him act. I mean, they mm-hmm. were like, "Hey, hey, whatever." I can't remember what his real name is, but you know, they're like, "Do this," and he would like. They didn't really have to like <laughs> trick him into it or use like a lot of the, the ways that they get you know kids to do things on camera. Like they were like, you know, "Oh, poke your lip out and say no fair," and he's like. No fear. Like, he was a good <laughs> little actor. He's a terrifying child. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 Oh, I my God. I think his gosh. real
0: name was actually Creepy Little Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Can somebody just look um, that up real quick?
3: Yeah, and obviously, you know, Fred Gwynn uh, was incredible. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Daddy did it. Yeah. <laughs> but he, the hard and him. <laughs> he was good. They actually um, they didn't want ca- to cast him in that role because they didn't think that people would take him seriously because of. You know him being Herman Munster, um, but I thought he was really good. Um, Dale Midkiff um, Lewis, he was great. Yeah, the only part is, is Denise Crosby is is not good, not super, not not awesome well, we at all. Awesome. Um, but I mean, it's it's fantastic. And uh, and actually, George Romero was initially uh, supposed yeah. to direct that. Uh, but there was a whole bunch of delays, so you had to drop off, um, and then uh, Mary Lambert ended up doing it, and I think she did a really fantastic job. But, um, I don't know, I mean, I just, I don't think you can go wrong with, with Pet Cemetery. It's it's wonderful. And, uh, it's a, it's a really good way to feel absolutely terrible about your day. If you want to <laughs> just be really depressed.
0: Yeah, you guys are really bringing it down with these. <laughs> May I
5: ask a question? Okay. Oh, yeah.
3: uh, so I'm also a fan of the
0: you know what? I'm
3: coming out there anyway. Hang on. Oh, yeah. and uh, uh, I don't want to <coughs> talk about no. any movie, yeah. the movie. The cat
2: was the best part. Uh, church. <laughs> ah, it didn't <laughs> look, look right. No, right. oh, church was but awesome. I'm curious as your thoughts on the remake and how they listened to it. I hated it. Oh. I the
3: absolutely... I wanted to like it. Um, like Because I was, I was looking at it as not necessarily a remake, um, but just a reimagining and a re... Uh, adaptation of of the book and and I was excited about it from the trailers I thought it looked like it was going to be pretty good i thought the cast looked really good um and the farther we got in the movie the more i absolutely hated it i felt like um they they kept making all these references to the orig- to the first movie and i thought it was a cheap shot like um there's the part at the end where, you know, um, it didn't end up being engaged. The, the daughter is the one that dies in the new movie, which is fine, whatever. Um, but <coughs> they keep showing under the bed and they keep showing under the bed. And, it, and then they don't have her under the bed attacking him. And it's it just to me, it's like it was a cheap shot they're just like, hey, remember that other movie? Well, we're going to like play off that scare that worked really well. Yeah, they
6: did that twice. They did it there and there was one other scare they were counting on you to remember. Yeah,
3: exactly, and Are I thought it was that
6: BS. is not
0: always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy talk.
2: <laughs>
3: like, we went and saw it together and uh, man, I was just like...
6: I do love how bleak the ending is though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but good. Just what, for the what, record, what, I love the remake.
4: What killed it for I me understand. was
1: I hated it. All right.
0: We <laughs> need to ask these oh, audience sorry. members. For some of their 1989 memories, uh, if you could raise a hand in the air, if you have something specific from 1989, you would You like don't remember
3: anything from 1989. I was two. I remember. <laughs> it was great. Shut up and Here's get you out. Mess <laughs> to my life. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my child bride.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: my husband is much and younger than me. 1989
5: Chris from Long Island. Um, movie that i loved since it came out. that doesn't get too much love. Ghostbusters 2.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I my favorite line is of all time, but I say
0: all the time. Being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New York is God given right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I you. I liked it and I didn't you know, I was thirteen when it came out and, and oh, my my perspectives were different. It was just, oh, it's another Ghostbusters movie. I don't understand why they're going to get birthday parties at the beginning, but it's cool. I like it. Yeah, it's the Ghostbusters. Was it was happy. a perfect
3: movie for being 13 years old. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Great, it was pretty yeah.
0: Cool I mean, at the time. Anyway. Uh, all right, hands up. Uh, what else we got right here? Yes, sir. What's your name? Where are you from? US. I'm Kevin
5: from the broadcast, podcast, and uh, Gary, we mentioned War of the Roses. I got me thinking of 89. It was a fantastic year for black comedies, because that's also when we got heathers. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one.
3: Very no, good. We could do, I do a panel just on that.
6: All right, sir, what's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> um, I'm Bill Johnson from Tennessee, <laughs> and uh, I, just, I just wanted to say uh, King
5: Diamond, Conspiracy, one of my favorite metal albums of all time. Very good, sir.
0: Very good, sir. All right, hands again. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I'm going to run over here because that is a phenomenal Um, ribbon you've got on there. What's your name? Where are you from? Um,
1: Daniel Johnson, Atlanta, Uh, National Atlanta
2: Coast Christmas Day. Yes!
1: Yes!
0: One of the, I mean, who in here? I mean, it's one of the movies you've watched more than anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy.
3: And I'll watch, watch it in, in August. August. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, fantastic.
6: <laughs> it is one of the best Christmas movies
2: ever.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
6: All right. Who else do we got? Who is would like wife? to share? Let
3: you me make my
0: Very way over here. You're gonna have to twist around because I'm just not hopping over those chairs. <laughs> uh, my name is Tyler. I'm from uh, Marietta, and 1989 uh, was of the uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode, q who q
2: introduced the board. Yes! It was really like a
0: you know, changing episode, a game-changing film. And, and they described the ship like it has no bridge. You couldn't find out it wasn't was actually alive on the ship. And it was just so scary. And they're more popular maybe for the best of both worlds two part of a few years later, but it was just really, you know, a little game-changing episode. And it was probably the best introduction of a new film Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. <coughs> Alright, who well, so else? Coming over here. What's your name? Where are you from? My name's Matt. I'm from Atlanta. Next uh, 1989, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah.
6: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also here, and also the reanimator, Stuart
2: Gordon. Yeah, which so is what a combo that is. That's wild. Honey, it? I Shrunk the Reanimator? <laughs> 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 so, who saw
0: Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the theater? And maybe even at the time, kind of wasn't expecting it <laughs> to be as good as it ended yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like, cause
6: it just seemed like it's such an odd, like, is this really going to be a good thing? It was
0: fantastic. And Rick Moranis uh, pulling off this great, emotive, entertaining father role. Just a fantastic movie. Good call. Uh, and...
5: Right <laughs> Michael Walker from Atlanta, and '89 was the year of the Wizard and the Power Glove because it's so bad.
2: Curse yeah. you for bringing up the Power Glove. <laughs> <laughs> Would some-
0: what, what you say maybe? Oh, we'll save this for next year. Yeah. Next year, Classic Video Game Hall of Fame, Best Accessories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. nice.
1: Yeah. All right, I think we got, we got uh, one we more going, right over, going, right over here. Like, R- Rhonda from Philly. Oh, you're projecting. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I got this. From <laughs> Philly. Okay. Because that was the year I realized my mother wasn't crazy because she never liked the old Batman because it was so funny, and she told me that Batman was supposed to be a dark character. Then I saw Batman and realized, oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. And you should yeah. come to tomorrow's Batman panel. <laughs> yes, we've got a Batman, Batman 89 Batman panel tomorrow <laughs> where you'll see a lot of the same faces, so you guys should definitely come.
2: All
0: right, let's see. Oh, i okay, got one more on the way up here. <laughs>
5: So, you yes, uh, one of I mean, his darkest movies where right? the birds. Oh,
3: oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Another. Another, with Pet Cemetery, you also had the Ramone soundtrack. Also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 And, I don't know. Kane's a huge Ramone yeah. <laughs> fan. Sanitary. Yeah, and they wrote um, Pet Cemetery, obviously, for Pet Cemetery. And then there's that great moment where the truck is about to run over Gage, and he's he's uh, listening to Sheena as a punk rocker. And just sing.
2: Sheena she is.
3: What? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so upbeat And then it's so not <clears throat> Chew
0: Alright, so uh, We are about to wrap things up here I want to remind everybody Please go in Whoa You should have put
1: wow. a
6: toothpick in it <laughs> <laughs> woke everybody up <laughs>
0: Hell yes! Boy, I am just blowing it here. <laughs> Badass! Hey, I have an We idea. are going to a party. Uh, Alright, so I want to remind everybody to go in the DragonCon app and uh, please rate this panel if you had a good time. Uh, five stars is the best you can do. And also, if you have any input, they look at that stuff. So if, if you like the panelist, you can say, Hey, I thought Beth was great. Hey, Dave may be a little overbearing. But, you know, <laughs> Why is half the panel
4: hungover?
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> this half of the panel. Okay. <laughs> we we really have no,
6: our donation bucket, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had to hand one. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, before we go, I've realized it's that... I didn't get to my second pick.
2: Uh-oh. Oh.
0: And uh, I think we need to have make a little tribute off. here. Do, do. Oh. If you remember... Somebody make sexy noises. Back in 1989, there was a wrestler named Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> <laughs> and... <at> <laughs> <laughs> back in 1989, he picked himself up a valet by the name of Sweet Sapphire. Yeah. And when I was sneaking to watch wrestling at the time, uh, I absolutely loved their chemistry. I loved the fact that he took this incredible, charismatic, fun lady into the world of wrestling with him. Because at the time, you don't know. We didn't know how it works. It was just fun. We liked watching it. And uh, Sweet Sapphire and Dusty had one of my favorite relationships in wrestling. It wasn't very long-lived. Uh, But Sapphire was the very first competitor to have her first match at WrestleMania and win. Because she pinned Sensational Sherry in a tag team match with Sherry and Randy Savage uh, facing Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire. And uh, what I'd like to do right now, everybody knows there's nothing I like more than a little dance party. So uh, if anybody has any uh, Dusty-related gear... Let's all get up and uh, have ourselves a little dusty America, Come on everybody, come on, get up, get up, get up! Get up. Come on, let's get
2: up. Y'all are lame, lame and lame. Come on you guys. I had a technical failure, so I don't have to shirt. There was some unpleasantness. Hey, we are Batman Cat. You guys, thank you for coming out tonight. Check out the special podcast. Thanks
0: for being with us for coming out and having fun, and we love you, Dream. So I forgot to mention in the intro because <laughs> Lord knows I had plenty of other stuff to say. Apparently, uh, I too was hung over as a mofo for that panel, uh, much to my shame. Uh, well, we all went a little nuts Thursday night or, or we're not as responsible as we should have been. And, uh, early, early Friday morning, I had to send Joe and Gary a message saying that there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to go and moderate the Jake, the snake panel. Like I was supposed to, uh, Uh, it it was and and i feel horrible about it like i I absolutely neglected my responsibilities uh there and it, it i'd like to say it'll never happen again but it's dragon con and things happen but uh fortunately i was able to rally and make the 1989 panel which is good since it's a needless things panel and i better friggin' be there uh but i i was feeling okay at that point but I was definitely still feeling the after effects of uh, the Thursday night of debauchery. Um, and I, I will say that there's just no way I could have handled what I heard about the Jake the Snake panel. Quite frankly, I, if I was 100% sober, I would have been having issues. Because apparently Jake, I mean, he's a he's, legend. He's a legend. And, and he's an old dude he's gonna do whatever he wants and there was a lot of content i guess that was not appropriate for a family uh, situation and i would have been extremely uncomfortable with that so i'm glad joe was there to handle that because even completely sober i don't think i would have wanted uh that but anyway stay tuned you guys lots of cool stuff coming it's it's spooky time And i love you guys
1: Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast,
2: or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. uh Uh-huh.